Welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials, testing, and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. I'm Brian Johnson. And I'm Kim Swanson. Today, we have another common findings or nonconformities in concrete assessments episode. Last time, we covered some of the more general requirements that Bob's have issues with, and we went into the details about ASTM C1077. As a reminder, this is a family feud type episode where I will be trying to guess what the most common nonconformity is for a standard without any technical knowledge of that standard. <laughs> so let's dive right into this one, Brian. What are we talking about today? Next one we're going to cover is ASTM C31, which is the standard for molding cylinders and beams. Okay. Think about what the most common finding could be okay. on this one for a test that you don't run. No. So if you're molding, <laughs> I'm just going by what... <laughs> But what going by what the name of it is, if you're molding cylinders and beam, I'm thinking that the most common issue people have is something not being the right size or the right dimension. Like there's the the mold isn't correct or something's not the right size. That's a great guess, but it's not correct. It. So nice try. Thanks for playing. <laughs> So one thing that was interesting about this, and I guess I wouldn't say it totally surprised me, but it is noteworthy that most of the issues were related to beam molding. I'm trying to envision what a beam is versus a cylinder. So I don't... So, be, I, so for C31, the cylinder, is it's going to be a vertically tested cylinder, like a mm -hmm. cylindrical specimen that you mm -hmm. put in a compression machine and you you smash it. You mm -hmm. You see how strong it is. Mm -hmm. uh, a beam is tested in a three-point loading device that mm -hmm. it's tested horizontally. Okay. But is it the same? But it's the same standard thing. for molding both for some reason. Okay. So th this one is just about molding them, not about, about actually molding testing them, them. And there is an element of transportation in it too. So that'll okay. give you a hint on what might go wrong. So there are procedural issues with molding. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got an issue with containers that are used to transport the specimens from the field to the lab. Okay. okay. So there's a requirement to prevent the specimens from jarring. So, you know, people, a lot of times for the cylinders, they'll use what basically looks like what you'd see at a grocery store where you're storing two liter bottles or transporting two yes. liter bottles of soda. Yes. So imagine that with uh, used rubber pads. Okay at the bottom of each one to prevent them from jarring. Gotcha. So that's a common one. And then quite a few on molding the beams. And then the other one is that there are these single-use cylinder molds that are plastic that people use, mm -hmm. and they're not supposed to reuse them without verification according to the standard C470. And that happens all the time. So they really should be following the requirements. People don't, and then they get written up for it. Mistakes happen. People learn from them. They make adjustments. They mm -hmm. should stop doing it, right? Like, so I'm not saying like, oh yeah, people do it. Like, it's okay. It's still not okay. You, you have to follow the requirements. <laughs> yeah, I find that that is actually an issue. Like sometimes when I'm talking to people, like I have to make it clear, like, no, I'm saying you can't do that. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying like mistakes are okay to happen. 
but you can't like plan to make the mistake and continue to make the mistake. It, <laughs> yeah, take corrective it's, action. Yeah, it's kind of like you. Once you know better, you have to do better. So like, That's if you right. didn't know it was a thing, okay, fine, the mistake that you didn't know, but now you know it's a thing and you know how to do it correctly. You need to continue to do it correctly. Yes, and don't hide it and don't lie to the assessor when they come to your lab or lie to whatever inspector on the project it is. Just do it the right way. Because if you do get caught lying, it's a much bigger problem. Like we have the thing called refusal of service mm-hmm. where we'll just stop accrediting you if you lie to our, our people, we don't want that to happen. Like we would just want, we just want things to be okay, really. And 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 don't most people, right? I would hope so. Most people yeah. do, yes. Okay, so let's move on to the next one now. Uh, okay. C39, that is testing cylinders. Uh, so there's quite right. a few procedural issues related okay. to this and equipment related to testing cylinders. So I want you to think about that before you answer. Okay, and this is for testing cylinders. Testing cylinders, correct. I think the most common nonconformity for testing cylinders would be that the equipment wasn't calibrated appropriately or to the interval. Well, that is one of the top ones. So yes, yes. you you win. But, uh, you win, I win this nothing. round. I win nothing, but I'm excited <laughs> about that. You win satisfaction of being right, yes. which is worth something for sure. Oh, that's worth a lot to me. <laughs> All right, let me run it down so that to cover what you said. So compression machine calibration records, some issue, either not calibrated according to the proper interval, certain you know test points not mm-hmm. covered that are required to be covered, something like that. Is it just that records were wrong or that they didn't actually do the thing? I have combined those two things okay. in this. It could be either one of those because sometimes like okay. if you get it calibrated, but you didn't do it right, it's the same as not doing it. If you didn't cover the relevant points, then it's like it didn't happen anyway. But then if you did it correctly and you just didn't document it, that's not the same thing, though. So usually with compression machines, most laboratories hire an outside agency to do it. And that Mm -hmm. outside agency usually knows what they're supposed to do. When you see this note, it's going to be they missed an interval or maybe there's something. If there's something minor wrong with the record, then, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Yeah. Like that's one of those like minor changes that you can make moving forward. It doesn't really have an impact on your test results. So why do you think this is so difficult or such a common finding for laboratories? So there was a recent change to R18 this year related to this. So there's a, a standard E4 that's used for standardization of compression machines. In the standard E4, it says that the interval should be 12 months, but you can have up to 18 months to carry out that standardization of the compression machine. But do you have to document why it's longer or no? No, you know, it it doesn't really say that, but Mm. I think it just gives you like a grace period. I'm assuming it's related to, and this is a guess, that it's related to just complications with getting a compression machine calibrated at the proper interval or standardized at the proper interval, like getting a calibration company to show up and do it. I don't really know why. Six months seems extreme for leeway. Like I think people can handle getting it done within a month of the due date. That seems reasonable to me. It also seems reasonable. Yeah, so that's in E4. So now it's in R18 in in a Ah. footnote in a table that says that that doesn't mean they can make it 18 and then try to get 19 out of it. Hard rule is by 18, but preferably not that long. The plan has to be 12. Ah. But if you if you goof up, you have up to 18. That's my uh, interpretation. interpretation of that requirement. 
What are some other common ones? Other issues. No records of cleaning and lubricating the ball and socket that is the at the top of the loading frame of the compression okay. machine. Okay. And then some procedural ones. Uh, cylinder not checked for alignment with a small load before going through the compressive testing. Bearing surfaces not plain. Diameters not taken on the cylinders of the mid-height or equipment not presented to do so. They have to have calipers with like a little end cap thing so that they can actually check the diameter of the cylinder at the mid height. So what people have done like historically is they use this stuff Mm -hmm. called pie tape. So you wrap the tape around the cylinder Mm -hmm. and you take the measurement. Just imagine like if you're, if you're making uh, something right. Yeah. Like a fabric tape. Got it. That's what I was looking for. Fabric tape. So they can't do that. They can't use pie tape for this. Ah. They have to use calipers. Okay. So Good sometimes they don't have that and they have to get it. That, that's pretty common. Uh, another thing is ends of the cylinders not checked for perpendicularity. So that's it for C39. A lot there. Right. It's an important test for concrete labs. Okay. What do we have next? We talked about molding the beams. So there's a test method C78 for testing the beams. You're never going to know the most common know, one. And I- it was almost, you won't even know that this is part of the test. Well, like, give me a shot. Don't just right, take away the shot. opportunity. If you get it, you will get. I'll, I'll figure some amazing <laughs> award for you. you so this, this is for testing beams. Yeah, that's just, and those are tested horizontally. I just that's right. correct as, as previously mentioned. Yes. All right. So the most common nonconformity with that is that a point in something isn't sharp enough. That is no, there's no, there's nothing related to (laughs) having a sharp point of anything in this test. I don't know. I figured that there was some some Uh, pointy thing. So I have another one that you would, you would not have known as part of the test. Uh, Shims. So there are shims that are used, uh, could, could be used in this test. So there were basically like if, if I search the word shims, Mm -hmm. that is like almost every note (laughs) was related (laughs) to shims. Some issue, either they're not available, wrong dimensions. They have to check to see that they need to use the shims before they actually use the shims. But some people just always use the shims, so they get notes for that. Other issue, uh, some issue with curing. So for for beams, you have to use tanks. You can't use a curing room. If you have mm. tanks, you put it, you can put them in the curing room. But these beams have to be submerged in curing. And Ooh. some issue with temperature control. Okay, I have a guess. Now you said curing tank is stirring the curing tank part of this or no i don't know that that was a common issue anything about that like it has to it has to have the right lime saturation Mm -hmm. didn't that didn't they didn't come up okay even yeah even lime saturation didn't really make it to the list but the other thing was the support blocks weren't lubricated every six months that's another thing and then uh incorrect loading rate on the machine that was pretty common too so those were all the c78 issues all right, I was way wrong, but continue. What's all the right, next so next we're going to we get. Have? Actually, you know what? I'm going to jump to curing since we're on this topic. So okay. C511, the standard for curing. The common ones for that, you want to take a shot of that? For curing tanks, I think the most common one is that something's wrong with the pump in the curing tank. So it's not correct. That could be an issue. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... That specifically was not on the list, but it could okay. be related to. So I, okay. you get partial credit for partial that Partial credit. Yes. Unlike the pointy thing <laughs> suggestion. So the temperature recorder standardization was a big one. 
based on the one you said, temperature range mm, was an okay. issue. So there's a okay. temperature range for curing rooms, curing tanks that has to be maintained. And that falls out. And people, it's okay if it falls out for a short period of time. They have to note that. Like, there, mm-hmm. even in the standard, there is allowance for that to happen. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you maintain a curing room and you're loading and unloading cylinders from it, yeah. Generally, you're going to have a drop in temperature mm-hmm. or a, an increase in temperature, depending on where you are relative to the curing room temperature. So that is permitted. But on the weekly evaluation, you have to point it out. You know, mm. like you would circle it and say, oh, yeah, we were loading cylinders. Basically, it just shows control and that you're paying attention and you're doing your best to keep this up. This stuff is really important to people for anytime there's an issue where uh, like a legal, like a serious legal issue with testing, I mm-hmm. feel like it's always related to concrete strength. Hearing and, and monitoring, that stuff has to be taken very seriously. So when people don't, I'm always kind of surprised. I don't want to scare them, but mm-hmm. they should be aware that this is typically what gets handled very seriously. So they should be keeping track of this and making sure their temperatures are in range make sure specimens are in moist condition. That was another issue. Specimens weren't in moist condition. I don't know how many times I've seen photos of tanks with cylinders and beams sticking out of the water. It's like, this is, that is not hard. That should not be happening. Other issues, temperature recorder standardization, not carried out properly, either not performed, not performed in time, not performed in place. Issue with reference thermometer, not meeting requirements. That's another problem. And that weekly evaluation of data that I talked about, mm-hmm. people just not doing that. I think that's very yeah. common. All right. And okay. we do have some resources on curing facilities and things like that. And I'll link those in the show notes. Yep. I think this is a good place to stop for this episode. And like the resources I just mentioned for C511, if you want more details on how to resolve these types of findings and nonconformities, what type of documentation you need to submit, and maybe some possible root causes for the issue. We have covered a lot of these aspects in different episodes and in articles on our website. And I will, of course, post links to those in the show notes for this episode as well. And be on the lookout for a future episode of Common Findings and Concrete Assessments, where I will once again make a fool of myself (laughs) trying to guess some of the common findings and some of the other common concrete standards. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's social media accounts or go to ashtoresource.org.